it's Jim, it's the World of Bonds, it's Tuesday the 30th of November 2021. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. Now Friday's Omnicrom sparked rally in safe assets uh, was partly unwound yesterday. So at the end of last week, bond markets had taken out a whole Fed hike for next year, leaving two 25 basis points hike stills in the market. Uh, longer dated treasuries on Friday were down around 15 basis points. And if you look at the credit markets, they're about 5 to 15 wider um, in investment grade and a point or so lower in high yield. Emerging market sovereign debt was the widest levels for a year or so. And currencies like South Africa are obviously uh, getting killed. So, you know, falling nearly 2% in a day. Yesterday, um, as people took stock of the situation over the weekend, about a third of that rally in government bonds was taken back. Uh, lots of people pointed to kind of anecdotal testimony from a South African doctor saying that cases that they'd seen of the new variant tended to be relatively mild, uh, slightly different to Delta symptoms, uh, but more kind of just common cold-like almost. There was a caveat though that people pointed out that the sample size was of a very young population effectively that this doctor was seeing. Um, they weren't seeing vulnerable patients in any way and that, that kind of uh, perhaps gave people a bit too much hope that this was going to be um, a false alarm. And it still might be, we still have some hope, but today it's really the headlines that are sending markets back down to in, in risk assets to where they were on Friday and in, in government bonds yields falling again has really been the headlines around the Moderna, which is one of the big vaccine manufacturers. Their CEO came out and talked about the mutations and said that they are likely to evade um, the vaccines. They will need new vaccines and new jabs to deal with this. And there's a you know pretty uh, bleak quote, direct quote, there is no way the current shots will provide the same level of protection against Omicron as they do against Delta and there will be a material drop in efficiency. And so, you know, as we stand this morning, the 10-year US Treasury bond yields overnight were down six basis points. Um, back down to 1.44% at, at 10 years. Currencies, um, I, I guess the story has been one where the US dollar has been pretty weak since uh, Friday after the news broke. Um, not acting as a safe haven currency, really, as it sometimes does, but really those safe haven currencies that didn't work when coronavirus broke the first time around, like the Japanese yen in particular, and the euro are doing very well and it's really about rate expectations you know as the fed's rate hiking cycle is called into question as a result of what's happened over the past uh, couple of days um those you know the, the attractiveness the relative attractiveness of the us dollar obviously deteriorates in a in a lower rate environment so what else is going on? Well, credit, you know, at the start of November, ITRAX crossover, which is the index of CDS names for European high yield, that was uh, priced at 240. So a spread of 240 effectively for five year high yield names in CDS. Um, that got out from on Friday, the move was 265 to 290. So it already started widening. That widening leapt up on, on Friday to highs of uh, over a year for high yield crossover. Um, it's back down uh, yesterday to 280, but today it's uh, almost up at the high again. So 287 is where we are as I uh, speak right now. 
Right, I'm going to finish with uh, a look at an FT article from yesterday or last night. It was Jim O'Neill, a famous uh, Man United fan, Northern powerhouse guy, but also somebody responsible for coining the phrase bricks uh, 20 years ago. So he wrote an article marking the 20th anniversary of coining the phrase bricks. Bricks, of course, Brazil, Russia, India, China... And then later on, um, they realised that with the extra spare S that everyone always put on the end of it, they may as well throw South Africa in there. So it became five of the big emerging market powerhouses, effectively. And Jim O'Neill um, and, and the Goldman Sachs team at the time coined that uh, 20 years ago and you know, revisited it periodically over his time there. Now, in this article, 20 years on, um, he says he's pretty disappointed with the BRICS and disappointed with them for a number of reasons. First of all, um, whilst China did surpass his and China's own growth expectations, if you believe the numbers and take them at face value, and you know we probably all agree they're going in the right direction, however they're measured, um, only China really surpassed its growth expectations um, from where, you know, remember China had just joined the World Trade Organization or was about to join the World Trade Organization 20 years ago uh, now. It's obviously become a significant player in the global economy, may well surpass even US GDP at some point, although not in a uh, GDP per capita, but just in outright terms at some point over the coming decades. And China, though, is the only of the BRICS that has surpassed people's expectations and their own expectations from growth. India, he points out, isn't a million miles away, but is still slightly below uh, the pack. But if you look at particularly Russia and Brazil, they simply haven't grown their share of GDP in constant dollar terms uh, relative to the global economy. So they've stood still over the past 20 years in terms of their kind of contribution to the global economy. They haven't grown as you would have expected them to under this very, very bullish BRICS scenario. Remember, people were launching BRICS funds and so forth um, at the time to kind of take advantage of this new kind of mega trend and global theme. The other reason that Jim O'Neill is disappointed is not just about the growth versus expectations, but it's also about the contribution of the BRICS to the global economy in terms of governance and indeed developed markets um, facilitation of that lack of contribution effectively. So, I mean, he would say that they haven't contributed constructively within the G20 and other supranational bodies uh, for the common good. So on things like health, they haven't all joined in all the, the kind of global health programs. Uh, climate is one where, you know, we saw Russia and China not participate, not participate formally, not send their heads of state to uh, COP26 in, in Glasgow recently. Um, and also just in terms of overall governance and think he talks of things that like special drawing rights, which I don't think he puts all the blame on the developing markets, but also says that the IMF and G20 haven't integrated and developed the kind of tools that could help these BRICs uh, really jump up to the next level. So he does point to one, he says there's only really one emerging market or developing market economy that's ever delivered um, and become a developing market. So only one has really made the, tra the full transition from developing to developed. And the example he gives is South Korea. 
um, which astonishingly is still in many emerging market bond and equity indices and in lots of emerging market funds as well. People still treat South Korea as a, an emerging market in many ways. Uh, but you know, if you've ever been there, if you see its GDP per capita and its standard of living, you know, it's it's up with the level of European developed markets now. And that's really the only one. So I guess the thing that Jim O'Neill leaves the, the article with is saying that South Korea should be the economic role model for the BRICS for the next 20 years. And, and that's where you can learn your lessons from. Right, uh, let's get back to watching these markets. And uh, fingers crossed that um, it's not quite as bad as the Moderna CEO says it is. Bye.